Hello, and welcome back to Magical Moments. I have with me Elizabeth. I met her um, in a Facebook group. We were looking for like-minded people uh, in the area. You know, I moved from New York and I am in uh, South Carolina. So when she said that she was also in South Carolina, I got really excited and I was like, let's connect. And we've kind of just really hit it off and it makes me excited. So I'm going to let her introduce herself and all of the great things that she does. Go ahead, Elizabeth. Hi, thank you so much for having me on your podcast, first and foremost. Um, but I am Elizabeth. I do many things, but the one things that I, the things that I do love, I am a yoga instructor, a meditation instructor, a certified personal trainer, a nutrition coach, and a trauma-informed yoga instructor also, amongst being a mom to three and working a full-time job. Oh my goodness. <laughs> like, busy <laughs> so busy but you know that's the way it goes that's the that's way right. it goes I'm also a mom I have a full-time job I do all of the things I'm also a meditation instructor so you know it's we do all the things we're creative beings who do a lot and it's okay that's right <laughs> but I I'm just so excited to have you here um especially to talk about informed uh yoga and trauma-informed yoga because I'm trying to gear a lot of my content towards releasing and healing traumas. Um, and that's kind of new for this year, 2023, but I took a break shortly to kind of restructure my podcast and my content. And I really am focused on releasing and healing subconscious and conscious traumas. And I came ac across trauma-informed yoga and I was like, this, this is perfect. It fits in. And then I met you and I'm like, look at God, look, just look at all the pieces falling in together. Right. That's so right. <laughs> um, what drew you towards trauma informed yoga? Um, so my journey with yoga started during COVID actually, I, um, have a really good friend who does yoga and was never really interested in it. And then during COVID, everybody was just home and I was like, you know what, let me just try to do some yoga. So I did it and the more I got into it and the more I studied it because something about me is I like to know what I'm getting into when I get into something. So I have to do a deep dive into things. So I studied all the history of yoga and everything. And I was like, wow, it's more like a spiritual practice like within yourself. And basically it's not about like coming from that athletic background and personal training where everything is where it's supposed to be and how it's supposed to be and this placement here and this placement here, yoga just kind of flows. And it, how you show up on your mat is how you show up in real life. And, and it all just kind of works itself out. So during COVID um, was in a really bad depression and decided to do some yoga, fell in love with it. Um, and that's where it just kind of grew. I ended up after long thoughts, um, decided to go to yoga teacher training and fell even more and more in love with yoga and the foundations of yoga and how it is just really self-care and self-love. And that's what I do is self-care and self-love. Um, so that's kind of how it all started um, with trauma-informed yoga. I am someone who suffered from mental health issues, um, illnesses, and I'm not afraid to talk about it because I could talk about till we're blue in the face, but I feel like 
for me, someone who is who has struggles um, with depression, anxiety, PTSD, all the traumas, um, trauma-informed yoga is a place where I felt safe. And so I teach it in the safe way. Um, it's all about gearing towards people where they don't have triggers. So like if you're depressed or you have anxiety or other trauma, sexual abuse, you just, um, you just teach in that safe space. And for me, I was looking for something to feel safe, to make me feel safe. And that's what I fell in love with it. And I felt like that was just meant for me. That was just my calling. If I can help myself through yoga and healing, why can I not help somebody else through the same thing? <laughs> I love that. That's kind of um, what drew me to focus on uh, healing and releasing traumas because I also went through a very dark period. Um, and I don't like to say I'm suffering. I like to say I live through, you know, a period because I don't want to bring suffering into my life. I'm not suffering. I'm living through it. We all have our moments. Life is cyclical. So I just had my moment and I went through, you know, a difficult period. Um, and just a lot of things came up from my past and I've been healing from it and using different techniques to heal from that trauma. And I really wish that someone, anyone would have given me, given me some tools to work with it a long time ago. So why can't I be that person, you know? So I'm just trying to gather all the tools in my little toolbox and then bring it to other people and say, hey, let's try you know, trauma-informed yoga. Let's try breath work. Let's try the meditation. Let's try Reiki. Just all of these different tools to help you heal and release it and move forward and live your life. And obviously it's not going to take, you know, two days. It's something you have to constantly do, but it's having, definitely <laughs> huh? It's, a, it's definitely a journey. That's it's, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> It's definitely a journey. And I mean, healing is an ongoing process. I don't really truly believe that anyone is fully healed from anything. You have to keep working on it, but you can get to a point where things no longer trigger you and you're comfortable and, you know, you live your life in peace. And I'm hoping that by focusing on the tools that can help other people, they'll find it useful and they'll use it for themselves. But anyway, off my soapbox, off my soapbox. <laughs> <laughs> so can you, um, and you pretty much did that in your last answer, but just a little bit more, explain the difference between uh, trauma-informed yoga and some of the other different types of yoga. I think I tried like comedic yoga before. I am not a yoga expert. I'm like the very beginner <laughs> level of yoga. So just explain a little bit. So I, in um, yoga teacher training, was trained um, as a vinyasa instructor. And vinyasa yoga is one breath, one movement. So we follow our breath with our movement. Um, and so it's more of a fast-paced yoga. Um, you're constantly flowing. And, and that's what I like. That's what kind of drew me into my first yoga session was vinyasa. And I was like, oh, gosh, this is, this is great, you know. Um, so I'm very familiar with vinyasa. I know that there's yin yoga. Um, there's all different forms of yoga that are for different, that, that cover different aspects of yoga. Um, I know yin is more re relaxation. 
Um, there's, of course, trauma-informed yoga, and then there's yoga therapy, which is a greater extension of the trauma-informed yoga, which covers everything um, in more detail than trauma-informed yoga instructors cover. So I only can speak really for surely what I know about vinyasa um, because I was just trained in that way. That sounds about right. From my very limited knowledge and expertise, I swear I've only taken like a couple of yoga classes at like hot yoga or something. And then I looked up some videos on YouTube for comedic yoga because I really like that movement. But from what I have done in my limited experience, um, I do notice the difference between the vinyasa and like the comedic and then the trauma informed. And I am pulled more towards the trauma-informed um, at this moment. Uh, but do you think that maybe in different periods of your life, maybe you're drawn towards one aspect of yoga versus another, or is it something that will always stay with you? Um, I think that it's something that will always stay with me. I know because there is different limbs of yoga and the asanas, which are the poses, is just one limb of yoga. Um, and then you have your breath work, your pranayama. So I, for a very long time, was really focused on my breathing. I have anxiety. So for me, breathing and breath work and controlling my breath is very, very important. Um, I even try to teach my kids, you know, to breathe. You know, just, ah, if you're overwhelmed or just frustrated, just breathe. Um, but that was a part of my life for a great deal well, I did, where I didn't do um, daily asanas. I didn't practice on the mat every single day. I only did breath work and meditation just because at that point in my life, that's what I needed. Um, and just like with the healing journey, your yoga can um, also change up itself too and presents itself in different forms and where you need it in your life. And so I'm really now just getting back into the asana practice because I feel like that part of the breath work and the meditation was what I needed for that six to nine months in my life. So now I can incorporate it all of it all together into one. So I don't think it will ever leave my life. I think it's something that's a part of my daily life. Um, I try to live in a yogic way and that's really how you should live. Um, so not only do I practice, but I also try to live very yogically, if that makes sense. So it's always going to be a part of me. So it's, it's like a lifestyle. It is. It it's is. It is. Gosh. Most definitely a definite lifestyle. <laughs> do you have any uh, tips or suggestions for people like myself who are just like beginners at yoga? Um, kind of just, you know, go on YouTube and find a yoga for beginners. Do you have any tips or tricks for us? Um, yeah. For me, when I first started, my really good friend told me, take several classes, you know, go start off, maybe do an online class or do something on YouTube or do a one-on-one. -on -one. Um, you have to feel comfortable. And for me, I was never comfortable because I'm like, well, what if I'm doing it wrong? Well, really, there is no wrong way to do yoga, right? That's what we that, that's what we know now. But um, I would say if you're a beginner, just start maybe with a one-on-one -on -one session with somebody um, where you can ask the question that you need to ask without feeling embarrassed or, um, you know, that that person can help you maybe with body placement if you're comfortable or just 
that intimate setting where you can feel more relaxed and open and not under pressure of somebody's looking at me or are they judging me or or whatever. I would say just get on the mat, find a good instructor to teach you and go from there. But definitely don't be afraid to start. <laughs> That's great advice. Um, coming from someone who's more plus size, I did, and it's not just me because I've heard from other people where they would go take a yoga class and they would feel almost kind of body shamed. Um, one instructor actually told someone to go to the back because mm-hmm. they were a distraction for mm-hmm. other people. And the weird part is she herself is a yoga instructor. Wow. She does yoga. So it's like, how am I a distraction? I know what I'm doing. I'm doing everything correctly. If people are, you know, I guess mesmerized by how my big body moves, then that's on them. That's not on me. And I should not be forced to move to the back of the room because of that. So yes, definitely finding a good instructor, I think is a good tip. So thank you for bringing that up. You're welcome. Um, But I think that's all the questions I have besides the question I ask all of my guests. What does a magical moment look like for you? Oh, so I have debated on this question for so long, but really a magical moment is, I would have to say for me would be, so I am a very creative person and I feel like when I create something and I always like to ask people like, what do you think? And everyone's like, oh my God, it's beautiful. And I'm like, okay, it makes me feel good. That's, it's like, I know what I'm doing is beautiful. And that's magical for me, the, the ability to create something that is not only going to help somebody, but also get them excited to to do it. I created a lot of self-care products um, with a lot of self-love involved, of course. So when someone gets excited about a candle or a wax nail, it's like, I did that and I'm able to help you, whether it's through aromatherapy or, <laughs> or affirmations or whatever, I'm able to help you. And that is a very magical thing. I love it. <laughs> I love it. Um, so I did ask you to show us a few um, yoga moves, some trauma-informed moves that the people can do at home. I know you don't have the space at the moment. So can you just walk us through some? And then I think, um, you know, once the video, once I put the video together, I will put some pictures up above, up here, see the pictures. So <laughs> you walk us through some moves that we can do to help release some trauma. Yes, yes, um, for sure. So we all know that trauma from my training is stored in our in our waist, in our hips, in our in our heart, actually. So a lot of heart opener poses um, and a lot of hip openers. So like pigeon pose, um, deep, deep, really deep stretching um, poses are really good, and a lot of grounding poses because with people that have trauma in their life, we need to feel safe and we need to feel grounded. So I'm always putting in a warrior pose, which is grounding, Tadasana, which is a standing pose, anything where I am physically grounding, where even an easy pose, where I'm just sitting in a meditation pose, where I can physically plant my hands down to the mat, where I can feel safe. And I know that there's nothing around me that's going to hurt me, you know, but also releasing in our hips is also a big one. And you can do that with warrior one or warrior two pigeon pose. Like I said earlier, um, really a lot, really anything. Um, 
involving the hips, but also heart openers like camel pose. Um, those are very, very good ones. Low lunge in an um, open arms position is very good as well. Um, just anything to kind of release and open. Um, and for me, one of my favorites is Intadasana. It's prayer. It's a prayer pose. And I will always do that because once again, I need to feel grounded and I need to feel safe. And that's a time for me if I'm overwhelmed or stimulated in certain in a certain way where I feel uncomfortable, I can just bring it back to me and bring it back to my heart center where I know that I'll feel safe as well. So awesome. All right. I'll have a few, like I said, I'll have a few pictures um, up above once this is done so that people can review them and practice if they need to do some poses and hopefully it helps someone out there. Do you have any affirmations that you would like to leave us with? Um, so I am very big on affirmations. Um, my daily affirmations and my practice and my journey with affirmations are based on my mental health situation now um, and my healing now. Um, so there's things I tell myself daily besides the basic, I am beautiful, you know, I am divine, but I am a child of God and I am protected. I know that God's not going to let anything hurt me or harm me. Um, even in my darkest, I'm still am light, you know, I'm still am, I'm so radiant, but I am worthy. I am selfless. I am beautiful. I am powerful. I am divine. I am a goddess. Those are just some of the things that I just say to myself basically every single day. I have my bathroom mirror is full of like self-love quotes and affirmations. And even in my kids' room, I have that placed up for them because I feel like positive self-talk is very important, especially for our children. And I have a son and being he's a little black boy, it's very important to me that he is, he, he knows that he is a king. You know, he's a future black king out here. You're a great man. You're going to be a great man someday. And he needs to know that he's smart and he's intelligent because um, we often don't hear that a lot especially for our Black boys and our Black men. So I make sure that each of my children have affirmations that they can recite every single day and they can see the quotes every single day. And we're always constantly talking about not talking negative because negative words are very, very powerful to our mind. So we always recite affirmations every single day. <laughs> She's over here smiling because she knows. <laughs> I love it. I'm the same way with my son. I tell him every every day how handsome he is. I tell him every day how smart he is. I make sure he knows that his emotions matter mm -hmm. because a lot of things, especially with, you know, black men, it's like, oh, you can't show emotion. No, show your emotions. Your emotions are fine. Your emotions make you you. Please don't hide it. That's another thing that causes trauma is having to stuff down your emotions. And I don't think people realize that that's the case. You know, sometimes they're like, oh, well, I didn't go through this huge event. Well, no, but you were taught to stuff down your emotions. You were taught, you know, men don't cry. Mm -hmm. And now you don't know how to work through your emotions and deal with your feelings. That is traumatic. Right. And I feel like that's a lot in our Black community is where we don't talk about we don't talk about anything um, important as far as like mental health. Like that's 
one thing that it's a hush hush conversation we don't like to talk about so for me I feel like I'm different because I will sing it to the top of my lungs all day because I have no shame because I feel like maybe me talking about my childhood trauma or my traumas whatever I've gone through my depression my anxiety whatever I have gone through may help somebody and and I feel like in our community, we need to know that it's okay. It's okay to seek help. It's okay to see a therapist. It's okay to talk to a buddy about stuff. It's okay to craft. Like you said, it's okay to do all that. Um, but we don't really do that as a whole. Um, and I feel like hopefully one day we can get to that point where we can be open with ourselves and our mental health because, yeah. you know, we're suffering. No, I agree. Or it's a, if we do speak about it, it's just pray about it, which yeah, is great. Yeah. Prayer is great, but that's not the yeah. only thing that you should do. Right. You should definitely talk to a therapist, someone yeah. you trust, mm-hmm. do things to improve your mental health. Right. We always should do things to improve our mental health. I know I'm very big on walking and like outdoor nature. I love nature. I'm like drawn to the water. That's just me. me um, but it's funny is that my therapist is like, why don't you get outside and spend some time walking? And I'm like, but I do that already. And she's like, okay, well, that's, that's very good. That's very good for your mental health. You know, you get all that in. You're like, oh, so I'm actually doing something that's, <laughs> you know, not only is it beneficial for my body, my, my physical body, but it's also good for my mind and for my brain. And, and so, yeah, we just have to, we just yeah yeah I always tell people um I love nature but nature is not that fond of me because I have (laughs) so many allergies I'm allergic to like all the trees and all the grass (laughs) (laughs) everything I'm allergic to everything all the animals I love animals I'm allergic to them all except for horses so I guess that'll be my pet a horse there you Um, go (laughs) but (laughs) I, I still get out there, you know, I, well, I haven't in a while because it's been freezing. Yes. And then I've been a little <laughs> under the weather, but I get out in the morning and I take a walk for about an hour and just clear my mind, um, meditate because my mind keeps going. So <laughs> I'm one of those people where my mind is constantly on go. And a lot of people think that meditation <laughs> is just sitting there with your eyes closed and breathing. And while that can be helpful, if your mind is always going, you kind of need to ha- do some movement, which can be dance, which can be walking, you know? Yeah. So I walk and I do my med to quiet my mind. And then I do my sit still and meditate. Um, but I have to get back have to done walking meditation before mm-hmm. you have. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, I love my walking meditations. It's, it's very soothing. Yeah. And it helps keep my mind focused because I'm like, okay, like pay attention to your surroundings as well as your breath. So instead of my mind thinking about, you know, what work I have to do or what I'm going to cook for dinner or, you know, whatever, (laughs) I'm present in the moment and I'm listening to the birds and I'm, you know, listening to my breath. And so it's very helpful, the movement. Yeah. Mm. That's beautiful. That really is beautiful. Wow. But that is it for this episode. And I thank you so much for coming on. I will have all of your information in a description box. 
She has these beautiful candles. I, she's It's not out yet, but follow her socials, follow her socials um, and make sure that you get some of this great, great product. She's a beautiful, beautiful soul. And I'm so glad we met. Oh, and I too. can't wait to do more things together. I am so excited. <laughs> that is oh, it. The universe brought us together <laughs> for every good reason. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> and as always, my listeners, start with gratitude and with love. And please find your magical moment. And I'll see you next time. Mm-hmm.